1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good morning. It's great to have you with us on this Sunday morning. And Ray is here, ready to go. Of course, every Sunday, this show is brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And what they do in our community, folks, is just absolutely terrific. That's why it's such a pleasure to always be here with you every Sunday morning, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. Our mission, our motto is we want to show you how to protect your family, and we want to show you how to protect your money. And today we're going to be talking about some really exciting things that we have in our own community. Specifically, we're going to talk about the Lloyd Center mm-hmm. for Environment for the Environment is actually the name. It used to be called the Catherine Nordell Lloyd Environmental uh, Center for Environmental Studies, I think it was the name. But we'll get into that in just a moment. And I'd like to ask you, ladies and gentlemen who are listening today, have you ever been to the Lloyd Center? It's on Potomska Road in South Dartmouth. We're blessed in southeastern Massachusetts to have such wonderful access to the ocean, to the water, to nature sites, to lots and lots of organizations that help support the environment and protect the environment. But I wonder if you've ever been to the Lloyd Center. If you have not been to the Lloyd Center, or if you haven't been for a while, You need to visit the Lloyd Center. Phil, have you been to the Lloyd Center? I have. It was a long time ago, but we're going to bring the grandchildren. Good. And we're going to talk about some of the very specific things that they have at the Lloyd Center in just a few minutes. But I'd like to introduce somebody who has, I have to say, one of the most impressive resumes I've seen in many, many years. Uh, Rachel Stronach, who is the executive director for the Lloyd Center for the Environment. It's an easier name to say. Um, Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Ray. And welcome uh, to be with us this morning. We're going to talk about the Lloyd Center and all the exciting things that you do and summer clam bake uh, programs that you've got going and just some really exciting things. But I have to, uh, Phil, properly introduce Rachel um, because she's a Navy SEAL. No, wait a minute. That's not correct, is it? She's giving me a look. (laughs) She actually uh, worked for a while for an organization called Southeastern Environmental Education Alliance, which is SEAL, Uh S-E-E-A-L. So that's a little bit of a joke. But I have to tell you that she has an absolutely amazing, impressive resume. And I was especially interested in all the various studies that you've done and the articles that you've written. So I'm going to build you up so much you won't be able to walk out the door when we're done here today. But, uh, Rachel, I know that you went to um, University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and you got a Bachelor of Science in Fisheries, Conservation, and Management. I didn't know they had such a specialized field. Yes, it's a specialization actually within biology, so wildlife and fisheries, conservation, and management, so everything from bears to carp. Wow, that's interesting. But you also have a Master of Science degree in marine biology from... Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
Correct. My master's thesis, I studied spinner dolphin in the Philippines in the Southern Tanyan Strait. So I helped to create the first catalog of spinner dolphin there. And they all get named, and we go back year after year and see what the population is doing. It helps to give estimates of the population and also learn more about their behavior and characteristics. Now, what is a spinner dolphin? A spinner dolphin, it looks very similar to a bottlenose dolphin. People are familiar with bottlenose from Flipper and other such movies. Uh, but they got their name from the characteristic acrobatic spinning they do. So uh -huh. they swim very quickly, and then they propel themselves up out of the water and spin. Wow. That's sort of like break dancing for dolphins, I guess. <laughs> it looks a lot like that, actually. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That would be fascinating. Uh, did you do any videos of them doing that? I do have some short clips and over 20,000 photographs. Now, dolphins are supposed to be really smart animals, aren't they? They are. They are very intelligent. They also like to play. So our research vessel would go out sunrise to sunset. They would collect around the vessel. They like to play in the wake of boats uh, in the middle of the day. They, they, they rest a little bit, so that's a great time when you're there to go for a little swim, too. But why do they spin? Is there something unusual? Why, why do they spin around like that? Well, if you could spin, wouldn't you? Of course. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have a four-year-old grandson, and he had a little plastic truck this past weekend. And on the back of it was like a little gun thing that spun all around. And I said, Robbie, I said, do you know what this is doing? This is swiveling around. Do you know how to swivel? And he immediately stood up and spun right around. Wow. So I taught him the word swivel. He couldn't swivel. pronounce it. Yeah. It was sort yep. of swivel, but, but he got the concept of swivel. So the dolphins are really swiveling, aren't they? They are swiveling. They are spinning uh, incredibly strong, again, strong and acrobatic. Uh, a lot of scientists think they do it either to get parasites off or for play or mm. mating. Oh. Or a combination. I like the idea of mating myself. That sounds kind of interesting <laughs> as an explanation. How does that expertise lend itself to what you do at the Lloyd Center? So the Lloyd Center is unique in that we really combine research, education, and outreach. So one of, uh, one of the tenets of our mission is really to make research and cutting-edge research accessible to the general public, to students from age five all the way up through adults in our community. Mm -hmm. So taking information from the research community and, again, translating it to the general public, um, it really helps to have the background background in research and in education. Very interesting. So ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Rachel Stronach, who's the executive director of the Lloyd Center, and you have just an absolutely amazing educational mission, don't you? Absolutely, yes. What I'm surprised at is how much the organization has grown over the years and how many student lives that it touches and how many communities it reaches all the way into Rhode Island as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I used to think that the Lloyd Center was primarily a place for doing coastal studies and studies of the local estuary, and then there were bird watches and owl watches, and there were fish watches, and there were canoe trips and so forth. But, Phil, this organization has grown so much more since then. It, it educates so many students in the whole south coast, southeastern Mass, mm -hmm. Rhode Island area. Yeah. It's amazing how many kids learn about the environment uh, from the Lloyd Center. Do, do you have memberships? Do you have summer camps? Or? We, 
All of that. All of it. <laughs> we are member-supported, so we do rely on our members, uh, as well as donors, grants, uh service fees. We offer summer programs for students from age five all the way up through eighth grade. Of course, those programs look a little different at those age levels. For older students, they can select from week-long programs in marine biology, coastal ecology, climate science. And with the younger students, we're really just trying to spark their interest in nature and the environment. Get them outside, get them having fun. We get to experience all those aha moments with them. Sure. You know, they turn over log, see bugs for the first time, get very excited, uh, and it's, it's a privilege to be able to do that. My son, Peter, Peter Lance, actually spent time in the summer programs at the Lloyd Center when he was a kid, and oh, he yeah. loved it, and so did Catherine, uh, mm-hmm. my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both spent, I'm not sure if it was a week or two weeks they were there, but it's one of the most memorable experiences they ever had was spending time there. In the sun, uh, seining, which is using these really fine nets to catch little creatures in the ocean, Mm -hmm. and uh, just great experience. So if somebody wants to visit the Lloyd Center, is there an admission charge for them to go on the grounds? There is no fee to go on the grounds. We have about five miles of hiking trails, over 82 acres, and the trails are open sunrise to sunset 365 days a year. We also have a visitor center. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no charge for the visitor center either. But again, we do sub- we do appreciate memberships if you'd like to join. And the visitor center is open from 10 to 4 from Tuesday through Sunday. What about now that summer is about to approach and the kids are getting out of school? Do you have any summer programs for them? We have a number of summer programs, again, from age 5 all the way up through entering high school. And in addition to those programs, we offer a whole menu of outreach programs for the whole family. So those walks, talks, hikes, owl prowls, if you like to get up and be out by 3 in the morning, we can certainly do that. Uh, Canoe and kayak trips, all sorts of things. 3 in the morning, Ray. Phil, you're up at 3 in the morning almost every day, aren't you? I am, actually. I'm actually (laughs) 3.45. We might even give you a bagel at the end, Ah, maybe. Maybe a bagel and some coffee. What a reward. (laughs) What, What do they learn? What do they learn about owls? Yeah. Well, when you go out at that time, you're going out when the owls are active. So that's when you're most likely to hear, and if you have really good night vision, see owls. It's an amazing experience. If you haven't been out before at the owl's prime time, you really should get out there. Even if it's not with us, go with your cup of coffee, with a recorded owl call. They may even call back. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting. No, I didn't either. I wonder if night vision goggles would be useful for that. Any? They would be very useful for that, absolutely. We've had a couple of people attend Owl Prowls who had their own night vision goggles, and they were able to see owls. Again, once um, they're moving from tree to tree, it's a little bit harder, uh, but you can see them. You know, for years, Ray, I mistook our morning doves around our house thinking, oh, we have an owl around here because of the sun. <laughs> it was so embarrassing to find out there were two loving, you know, doves who were just... <laughs> you need to get out more often in the morning, Phil. Is that what it is? That's what it is. Well, uh, one of the things I'd like to just tell everyone about uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel Stronach, not only is she the executive director, but before she became the executive director for the Lloyd Center, she was also the education director. 
So you've had a lot of experience in helping to develop a lot of the educational programs. Yes. Uh, so our education programs have been running now for over 30 years. And as you mentioned earlier, we've really experienced exponential growth in education in the past three to five years. Uh, currently, we work with anywhere from 10 to 15 thousand students a year, and that's all across Massachusetts and Rhode Island. You know, a lot of people still think of the Lloyd Center as a small local neighborhood center and, oh, aren't you closed during the winter and those types of things, but we're really busy 12 months out of the year, and a lot of that work is happening in the schools. Mm -hmm. We certainly have students come out to us for field trips, for field visits, but we are in the local public schools 12 months a year. In January alone of this year, we worked with over a thousand students. The Lloyd Center is enormously important in the educational upbringing and process for all the kids mm -hmm. in southeastern Mass. And as I said, into Rhode Island, I'd like to mention just a little bit about the history of the Lloyd Center. Uh, we had a wonderful lady uh, in our community, uh, Karen Lloyd, and she also used the name KG. Uh, she was called KG, uh, Karen G. Lloyd. And originally, this was a residence for her, um, and it overlooks the whole uh, bay. What's what's the actual river or bay that it overlooks, Rachel? The Slocum River. The Slocum River. It's where it enters into the ocean. It's a spectacularly beautiful site. I think it's around 82 acres, if I remember. And sometime after her husband died, um, he died in a plane crash, by the way, I think, in Colorado, she donated this beautiful property to be used as a location to study the environment, especially the coastal environment, the estuary environment. Mm -hmm. And she donated it to the Dartmouth Natural Resources Trust. And then later the Dartmouth Natural Resources Trust decided that it was such an important location and such an important site that it needed to have a lot more active use, where a, a lot of the DNRT trails and properties are more for walking and hiking trails. But this was, was a much more active location where things could be studied. So um, a group of people from the DNRT really spun off the DNRT. Uh, the DNRT people actually spun off the Lloyd Center and a separate corporation was created. But um, we owe a great debt to uh, Karen Lloyd, KG Lloyd. She had the vision to say that this was uh, a really significant important site and uh, she donated it. Mm -hmm. um, I was telling Rachel earlier that um, as it happened at the time, I was uh, friendly with Vera Almgren, who was a noted real estate broker in the area, and she was on the board of directors at the time, and she asked me to come on board to board. And at the very first meeting I attended, they said, we really ought to be incorporated. Would you like to incorporate us? So at the time when I was practicing law, I created the first articles of organization for the Lloyd Center, and we got them tax-exempt status. It's a 501c3 charitable tax-exempt organization. And then for a couple of years, I was actually the first president of this organization. Mm -hmm. And then I was succeeded by um, uh, some other people as well. And um, the rest, as I say, is history. It's grown so enormously since its first beginnings. But, you know, I've always been proud of my own small role in helping to get this kicked off. 
We owe a debt of gratitude to Ray and everybody who helped found the Lloyd Center and gave so generously of their time. Thank you very much for that. That is awesome. The organization, again, has grown thanks to the hard work of Ray and the other people who helped to pull the organization together. Well, thanks for your kind words. But, you know, the vision of the various members of the board of directors over the years as they've come along, uh, what started out as a wonderful place to visit a single site visit and fish tanks and things of that nature to look at has just grown to become an enormous educational resource for this whole area. Uh, so lots of good people have done a lot of wonderful things uh, since then. And I think Dr. Alan Hankin was our first uh, real full-time executive director, and he could be seen throughout the entire winter in shorts, for example. <laughs> the temperature never bothered him. He was a, he was a ball of uh, energy all the time. But um, so I'm interested to fact that you now serve about uh, 13 to 15,000 students every single year. That's an incredible impact in our community. It just really is. And you said a lot of students, a lot of schools send buses in for field trips. Yes. So what can somebody do inside the facility, for example? I know there are tanks. Could you describe what some of the inside might look like? Absolutely. The visitor center, for those who are familiar with the Lloyd Center site, is at the top of the hill. Uh, So even if you're not familiar, if you drive in, you want to head to the building at the top of the hill. As Ray mentioned, it was a home, so it looks a little different than most museums or aquariums that you may have visited before. When you go in the front door, when you go through the lobby, that first floor, we call it the green floor. That's where we have our freshwater tanks. We also have some whale skeletons. And as the students like to say, we have some guts in jars. (laughs) So we have a dolphin brain in a jar. We have some intestines in a jar. Uh, Mm -hmm. All of those things uh, to help us learn more uh, about animals, their morphology, their organs. We also have a wonderful bird watching window uh, with a number of bird feeders that we have out. It's a great place to come pull up a chair, sit. If you're a birder, you might want to sit for an hour or two or perhaps all day. We've had a few people come and enjoy that window all day. Uh, Up, if you continue up the stairs to the third floor, there is an absolutely spectacular view of the Slocum River and the islands. I can't stress enough the view from the top of the building. It's a totally open observation deck. It's amazing. Wow. You've never seen uh, the water in the coast as you have seen it, as you can see it from the top of the Lloyd Center. Absolutely. We have visitors who drive for three, four, six hours once a year just to come up to the observation deck and take a look at the Slocum River. You can see the osprey platforms. Uh, Depending on the time of the year, you can also use our giant binoculars up at the top and sometimes see seals actually pulling out on the rocks. I haven't been there for a little while, but I've been there with my uh, grandsons, my two uh, older grandsons. And do you still have the uh, tanks that you can put your fingers into on the bottom level? Absolutely. We have in the basement, as everybody has in their basement, we have a touch tank. Uh, And in the touch tank, you can find local estuary organisms. So the same types of animals and critters that you would find if you walk down our trail and to the coast. So there are green crabs, Asian shore crabs. There's all sorts of shellfish in there. And again, it's a very popular destination. We just ask, please, no swimming or diving in the touch tank. 
But you can put your fingers in there, and the mm-hmm. little crabs will tickle your fingers. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's, that's lots of fun. And um, let's mention the address location. The Lloyd Center is located at 430 Potomska Road in South Dartmouth. Uh, one of the challenges in getting to the Lloyd Center, we have heard from some visitors that they plug that into their GPS, and somehow the GPS just stops somewhere in the middle of Potomska Road. So don't give up. Keep driving. We do have a large welcome flag, uh, so you'll know you're there, a big red, white, and blue flag that says open and a stone that says Lloyd Center for the Environment. And basically, if you went down, if you crossed over the Payton Aram Bridge and took a left on Smith Neck Road and went all the way down to the very end, and then you take a right on Little River Road, um, you'll run right into it. You cross over the bridge at Little River, and about a half a mile or so, I guess, on the left is the Lloyd Center. It's real easy to get to. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that we're listening to Rachel Stronach, who's the executive director of the Lloyd Center. We're pleased that she could join us this morning and talk about this wonderful organization. Take the time to visit, and remember that it's free, but they do have some collection boxes, so we certainly encourage you to do two things. One, make a donation, and two, pick up a membership application and become a supporting member for the Lloyd Center. It's a great organization. You know, Mother Teresa once said, give, but give until it hurts. Well, the same thing is true about the Lloyd Center. We'd like to have you support the Lloyd Center financially. Uh, They depend on member contributions, member donations, fundraising things that you do. Now, you've got a special fundraiser coming up soon, don't you? We do. We have our annual clam bake, and this year it is the 31st clam bake. It is the kickoff of the summer season for the South Coast area, and it's always the second Friday in July at Demers Lloyd State Park. So it's at Lloyd State Park. And which is another spectacular location. And um, if somebody wants to get tickets to that event, how would they get a ticket? You can purchase tickets at our website, which is lloydcenter.org with two L's. You can call us, the office, it's 508-990-0505, or stop by. We're happy to see you. And so we encourage you to become a member of the Lloyd Center. Certainly bring your children there, bring your grandchildren there. You'll be amazed at what exists in your own backyard that maybe you don't know about or maybe you just haven't visited for a while. Do you find people that will sometimes bring a picnic and then maybe take their picnic lunch and walk down to the edge of the water? Absolutely. We have visitors who will come for the day, pack a lunch, pack a snack. You can certainly make a day out of it if you go up to the visitor center, check out the exhibits. And again, the five miles of hiking trails, uh, you can do those quickly if you're going for a a jog or a quick walk. Uh, But if you slow down and really take a look, uh, you'll probably get to see some of the birds and other animals that share the forest with us. We also have a dock right down by the coast, which is a lovely area to sit down uh, and, again, take a look at the Slocum River or the Osprey platforms. Occasionally during the week when I walk down there around lunchtime, I've found people who enjoyed it so much that they've nodded off a little bit. (laughs) Well, that's, it's, it's a very relaxing place to be. And, it is. That's a compliment. It is a compliment. And it's, and it's free. Just make sure you bring your trash back with you. We don't want to leave anything there other than footprints, as we say, right? Absolutely. So I know you've just completed your annual meeting uh, recently, uh, Rachel, for the Lloyd Center. 
But I also know that you just did a study or, or program recently on salt marsh ecology. I know you have coming up uh, fairly soon uh, something called Nature Discoveries on uh, Saturday, June 11th, 9.30 in the morning. And there's a small price for that. It's $5 for members and $6 for non-members. That's limited to 20 people. Um, what happens on Nature Discoveries? What do you do? So Nature Discoveries, again, it's a lot like the title. There we're trying to get uh, kids out into the environment with their families and discover everything that the forest and the coast has to offer. So going out with one of our trained educator naturalists, going and taking a look at everything from the forest floor uh, up to where the birds live and down to the water. Maybe do some dip netting and take a look at live organisms. When we come back in just a minute, Rachel, we're going to continue to talk about some of the wonderful programs such as whale watching with the Lloyd Center, for example, and other things that you do. Um, I don't think the general public has a lot of knowledge about some of the amazing programs that are offered at the Lloyd Center. So we're talking with Rachel Stronach. We're going to be right back after a short break and continue our own exploration of the Lloyd Center and what it means to you and some ideas about charitable giving. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening this morning. We have a special guest this morning, Rachel Stronach, who's the executive director of the Lloyd Center. This is truly a treasure in our backyard. If you haven't been ever, or if you haven't been for a while, uh, make a visit. Uh, visit the wonderful facility at the top of the hill. Take the time to walk down to the edge of the water and certainly look into some of the programs Rachel, when we left uh, before the break, we were talking about some of the programs, and I mentioned that uh, you do whale watching. Now, whale watching, you have to go out in a boat, I assume, because you're not going to see whales that close to the, the, the land. Correct. That's a, that's a field trip program where one of our naturalists, uh, educators, who is trained in uh, both looking at whales, cetaceans, and birds, will take a group out. Uh, generally, the whale watch leaves out of Plymouth, and our group goes on the boat, and they have their own trained naturalist with them for the duration of the whale watch. How is it different from other whale watches? Again, you have, so you have a trained naturalist there with you who goes through all the different species of whales that you could potentially see. And at each sighting, will you tell you a little bit more about that individual? Then included in those whale watches after, there's usually a shorebird stroll. So you'll go for an additional hike down the coast and take a look at some of the birds as well. Now, when is it coming up? June 11th mm. is uh, one of them, for example. But there's so many other wonderful programs they do during the course of the summer and throughout the year. There's a summer solstice uh, plover stroll. I know what plovers are. There's these little funny birds that skid along the sand really fast, uh, also called piping plovers, aren't they? Correct, yes. And um, when I was very young, we didn't know much about them. We used to chase them, but now you don't chase them because they're protected species, aren't they? They are protected species, and in fact, our research department has been involved in monitoring piping plover now for over 30 years on the local beaches. So you may have seen the enclosures. They put up fencing around them because the plover nests, they just look like a little scrape in the sand, and their eggs look exactly like stones or rocks. So if you're walking along the beach, uh, you wouldn't even be able to see the nests. They're so well camouflaged uh, that researchers will go out, find the nests, and mark them off until the young are old enough. Wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. 
You know, animals can teach us so many things, can't they, Phil? Oh, they do. They which, teach us a lot. What's your favorite animal, Phil? My favorite animal? Hmm. Buddy would be very upset if I didn't say a dog. <laughs> and Maui would be upset if I didn't say a cat. I like sharks. I, I was thinking oh. for you something like maybe an alligator or <laughs> a crocodile. We don't have those we don't have those in this community. Do Funny we? you should yeah. say that. I saw on the news this what looked like a little dinosaur going across a golf course uh, in Florida. It was fourteen feet long. Wow. It was enormous. Was it a, was it an alligator? Yeah. Really? It was huge. Yeah, they are they are uh, amazing. Well, we don't have alligators in this uh, northern climate. I guess they're a warm weather species, right? Correct, yes. Probably a good thing. But one of the programs I know you do also at the Lloyd Center is you do canoe trips. And I know those have always been very popular, haven't they? The canoe trips are very popular. One of the most popular is the sunset. We do a full moon uh, canoe trip. So you're paddling along the Slocum River. And then as you turn around and paddle back, uh, we time it so that the moon is coming up. And actually, the last piece of that paddle, we generally uh, have flashlights or maybe glow sticks uh, just so that you can see to get back to the dock. So it's an exciting and mysterious experience, Mm. uh, especially that that last little hike back up to the building after. But that is a very popular trip. And I know you have some trips that are just for women only, um, but you must have regular canoe trips also. We do, absolutely. Well, let me come back to the clam bake, because I know on um, Friday, July 8th, you're doing your clam bake. It's a spectacular event. So I have to ask one question. I know that you're serving uh, lobster and clam boils and all that usual stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you have food for people who don't eat lobster and shellfish and so forth? Absolutely. And you might be surprised to find out, I actually don't eat seafood. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there is delicious barbecue chicken that is served. Uh, There's also watermelon, corn on the cob, potatoes, all sorts of appetizers. And there is a vegetarian option. Mm. Well, you know, I don't eat lobster anymore, for example. Uh, Two years ago, I had an allergy reaction to lobster and my face started to break out with little hives and oh, things, yeah. and then I forgot about it. A couple months later, I tried some lobster again. Same thing happened, yeah. so I don't eat lobster anymore, mm. but chicken and things of that nature. And it's delicious. There's also uh, open bar, top shelf open bar. Could you repeat that? <laughs> that was top shelf open bar. <laughs> top shelf. So if you want tickets for the Lloyd Center, by all means, uh, call the Lloyd Center. You can get tickets by calling them at 508 990 0505. You can stop by at 430 Potomska Road or you can visit the website. And what's the website? Lloydcenter.org with two L's L L O Y D C E N T E R dot org O R G. I want to mention one other quick uh, thing about program stuff that you do because um, I remember that. There was a great deal of interest in butterflies. Was it just the monarch butterflies, or is it other butterflies as well? Butterflies in general. Our research director, Mark Mello, he's been with the center for over 30 years now, too. He's a lepidopterist, and any time I get a chance to use that word in a day, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is it again? He is a lepidopterist, so he specializes in moths and butterflies. So we have an extensive collection 
of moths and butterflies. He has over 80,000 records. Uh, But the community can get involved in monarch research. One of those programs that we do is a monarch butterfly tagging. This is in the fall. So you actually go out with Lloyd Center staff, researchers, catch monarch butterflies. Those are the butterflies with the black and orange coloring. And we put a small adhesive tag on their wing and then release them. There are scientists that are down in Mexico and all along the East Coast that recapture and write down the tag numbers. And this is because the monarch butterfly actually migrates. There is a migrating generation that goes all the way down the East Coast and over winters in Mexico. You know, I I was amazed when I first read about the distance that monarch butterflies travel. It's like 1,500 or 2,000 miles, something like that. Right, and we're still learning more. And it's incredible. You know, we all have a responsibility to not only protect our environment, but to study our environment and to learn about it. And that's one of the great missions of the Lloyd Center for the Environment is to study that. I read recently, somebody wrote that if all the bees on the planet suddenly died, we would have no food on the planet in four years. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You know, you change one thing in an ecosystem, and it can throw the whole balance off. So right. something like bees, where we don't necessarily appreciate them, and they hurt a lot when they sting, uh, but removing them from a system can do a lot of damage. Yep. Well, there's a wonderful opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, for you to help support the Lloyd Center. First of all, visit it. Secondly, make a contribution. Thirdly, join the organization, and fourth, continue to support it. Think about going to the uh, annual uh, clam bake. Is is that the proper name for it, clam bake? It is clam bake, yes, celebrating science and education, and this year's theme is summer freeze. Summer freeze. (laughs) Well, I hope that's just a name only. You'll have to come and find out. (laughs) But, you know, we can all make a difference. Uh, The uh, author of Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, said, even the smallest person in the world can change the course of the universe. And you can do that by helping to support a wonderful organization such as the Lloyd Center. And um, Albert Einstein said, it is every man's obligation to put back into the world at least the equivalent of what he takes out of it. He also uh, mentioned the bees. Did he? I didn't know that. It was Albert <laughs> Einstein who said if we got rid of the bees four years later, we would start seeing the extinction of mankind. Mm-hmm. So that was a quotation from him. That's mm-hmm. just interesting. Oprah Winfrey once said, it's not just about being able to write a check. It's being able to touch somebody's life. Mm-hmm. So we all need to give. We all need to support these wonderful organizations. And I'd like to remind everyone listening today that this program is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, and it's our special mission to show you how to protect your family and how to protect your money. So if you have a question and you're listening today, if you have a question about your retirement or veterans' benefits or anything to deal with how do you support yourself when you retire, if you have any questions at all in that area, Give us a call. We'd be happy to help answer you. Congratulations on your new good-looking sign. Oh, thank you. You noticed. <laughs> yes, course. we do have a new sign. Took us a while to get that organized, but it's it's there. A and, triple, uh, a triple sign. Huh? Yes, it is. Yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> Stop by just to visit our sign. <laughs> 
Well, we're thrilled to be meeting this morning with uh, Rachel Stronick, the executive director for the Lloyd Center. And we've talked about your background. We've talked about the website a little bit. Um, do you get monies from the state? Do you get grants as well? Do you write grant applications and grant programs? We do. We are constantly actually writing grants, uh, grants from private foundations, also from uh, the state and federal government. Recently, we received a Massachusetts Cultural Council grant for facilities feasibility and technical assistance uh, to look at our plans for a new welcome center and some of the facilities expansion that we're looking at. Let's talk about the new center because I know that's under construction right now, isn't it? Correct. We have actually three different structures uh, in our facilities expansion, and I'm happy to say one of them is almost complete. We have a new waterfront teaching pavilion that will be done in the next week or two, and this is a covered space down by the water, which makes our programs more accessible for all students and also provides shelter in case of inclement weather because it's very difficult to get 80 kindergartners back up a hill really quickly if sure. there's a downpour. <laughs> and how large a facility is that? I mean, that the location, the building on the waterfront, how big a building is it? So the one on the waterfront is really just a covered pavilion. Okay. Uh, it's an open-air pavilion, but we do have plans right now for a new building, a new welcome center. If you're familiar with our campus, it's right when you drive in before our classroom building. And that structure is going to be almost a thousand square feet. But what's very exciting is that we are pursuing living building challenge certification on this building, which is the highest environmental standard that you can shoot for. It is a performance standard, so the building has to be up and running for a year before we can get certification. Does that mean in terms of insulation, that it's properly insulated, that it may have solar panels and things of that nature? Everything. Basically, the building has to be regenerative. It has to provide more energy than what it needs. There can't be any redless chemicals. We're certainly looking at solar panels and Clevis Multrum system for the restrooms. Mm -hmm. So this building really encapsulates the mission of the Lloyd Center. So students and visitors, when they come onto our campus, will come through a building that is our mission. Mm. This is a question that um, maybe you can answer, maybe you can't. Are there any provisions where you might have the ability to have a sleepover for a small group? Perhaps in the future. Mm. That is definitely something that we will look into. Well, I want to mention that the Lloyd Center on Potomska Road, 430 Potomska Road, uh, serviced more than 13,000 students last year. And I was amazed to read the number of locations, Fall River, Dartmouth, New Bedford, Taunton, Westport, Cushnet, Fairhaven, Mattapoisett, Somerset, Rehoboth, Onset, Lakeville, Norfolk, Middleborough, Rochester, Weston, Middleborough, I guess that's in there twice, Holliston and Newton, as well as Tiverton, Little Compton, Portsmouth, and Providence. I mean, what a range of students to cover. Absolutely. And about half of our programs are provided in high-need, underserved areas. So about half of what we do in education are for students who really need it and wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity otherwise. This is where we do a lot of our grant writing and look for very specific targeted donations is to help support those programs. 
Is there is there a possibility? I know you do work with professionals as well, and and help sponsor and and uh, provide uh, resources for professionals who are doing studies. Is there any possibility that some of the programs that you might design could be affiliated, like with UMass Amherst or UMass Dartmouth, where somebody could receive a college credit, for example? Absolutely. We actually look for any way to collaborate that we can with other nonprofits, with educational institutions, universities. Uh, And in terms of credit, we've run a very successful internship program for a number of years. In fact, I started at the Lloyd Center as an intern almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a number of our interns receive college credit through their university uh, because of the reputation of our internship program, the rigor. They're really a part of our team in every aspect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, ladies and gentlemen, this is just an amazing, amazing facility. It's not only a beautiful place to visit, it's a wonderful place to have a picnic. You get to walk down by the water. You get to bring your, your kids or your grandkids and go in and let them put their hands in the touch tanks. And, and see what a whole variety of animals look like behind, you know, uh, preserved animals, for example. But they do an incredible job in helping to educate uh, our young kids. I can tell you that both of my children are adults right now. They've both reached the age of 40. And they still talk with great memories about the time they spent at the Lloyd Center when they were kids. It's, it's a memory that will last sure. for their entire life. Mm-hmm. So... Think about having your kids participate in some of these programs as well. And um, what's on the horizon? I know you're doing this wonderful uh, building program that you've got right now, and you're still looking to raise funds for that, correct? We are. The Lloyd Center last year launched its first ever capital campaign called Transforming a Legacy. And the name has a lot of meanings, but it really speaks to exactly what you just mentioned. There are so many people within the community who remember the Lloyd Center as a child, who came up through the programs, who came up either through research internships or education. And right now, with the exponential growth that we're experiencing, you know, our board, who's very forward-thinking, said, we need, we need bigger facilities, and we need more support to continue these essential programs. So the campaign was launched last year. The goal is $3 million. I'm happy to say we're at almost $2 million right now. And the $3 million is split between facilities expansion and renovation and program support and endowment. This is, a, this is an absolutely wonderful cause, a wonderful educational institution uh, to give funds to, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to make a donation, you can write a check simply to Lloyd Center for the Environment, and you can send it to the Lloyd Center, um, 430 Potomska Road, Dartmouth, 02748. Your tax contributions are, uh, or your, your contributions are tax deductible. You can take it as a charitable tax deduction on your income tax. There are lots of wonderful ways you can give. If you're a business person living today, uh, listening today, for example, uh, you can be a sponsor of some of their events. And just get in touch with uh, Rachel, Rachel Stronick, the executive director, and she can tell you how to become a sponsor for programs. Um, you can make a direct no- donation yourself. Or what if you wanted to sell something and you didn't want to pay capital gains tax, for example? You could put it into a charitable remainder trust and sell it 
through the charitable remainder trust not pay capital gains tax when you sell something, then you have a lifetime use of virtually all the income. But at the end, there's a 10% remainder interest that could go to the Lloyd Center. That's a way to leave money to the Lloyd Center. Or you can make a provision in your will or your trust or your estate plan and say, you know, this is a really great organization. I went there when I was a kid. I'd like to leave something in my own estate plan. There's so many ways that you can donate and give. Uh, mostly we want you to come visit as well. And if you visit, you'll be so impressed that you will give. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And that's a great lesson for all of us. And uh, John Bunyan said, you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. But I will say that if you visit the Lloyd Center, you're going to receive so much yourself that you're going to want to be a supporter. So I'm looking forward to going to the clam bake. Um, I can't eat lobster and I can't eat clams and all those things that grow in the sea, but I guess you don't either, Rachel, right? I don't, and I can say, again, that chicken, the corn, the potatoes, it is excellent. Well, we hope that people have an opportunity to do the clam bake. Uh, it's at the Lloyd State Park, and if you haven't been there for a while, that's also a wonderful facility. So here's two great things you can do this summer in the coming weeks, ladies and gentlemen. One, visit the Lloyd Center, and two, attend a really great clam bake. Now, at the clam bake, I know you're having some entertainment also, right? We are. We have the band Men in Black. Uh, they always get the crowd up dancing, uh, after the silent auction, of course. Uh, quite a bit of dancing. And um, do you dance at this event also? I do. I do. <laughs> I feel that it's part of my responsibility as executive director to make sure that everybody's having a good time. Lead by example. Uh, I remember a long time ago at one of those events that one of my dear friends who, maybe you're listening today, Sarah, Sarah O'Leary used to sing. Um, I'm not sure that she's done that for a while there, but uh, she was a wonderful performer at some of the clam bakes Oh, maybe well. we could get her back up there then. Oh, she has an amazing voice. <laughs> she would, if you asked her, she would say yes. Okay. So we'll call her and ask her. Uh, Phil, maybe you can tell people to come to the uh, wonderful clam bake that I'll we have as well. I'll be very happy to promote it. Very happy. For all Excellent. that you do in our area, that's the least that we can do is help promote it and regularly. And thank you for what you do, who you are. Oh, my God. The lives that you've touched, the little lives that have grown up now, just uh, remarkable. This is a lady, um, Rachel, who is with us, who is so dedicated to the environment and mm. uh, the things that make a difference in our lives and what you do is significantly important. I haven't even touched on half of the things in her resume, Phil, and it's not my job to go back and to do that right now, but Rachel has worked in all kinds of studies. She's worked at the Boston Aquarium. Um, you've had so many experiences, but the interesting thing is that everything that you've done somehow pertains to the marine environment or to the environment in general. And uh, Let me jump in for a second. Sure. I know we only have about three minutes left, but what is the greatest threat to us in this area right now? What can we do to make whatever the threat is less? 
The biggest threat right now to the environment is really just a lack of understanding. I think every day now we hear issues that pertain to the environment in the news. You read them in the newspaper, you hear them on the radio. And it's very important for everybody to get the full story. If you don't understand something, to seek out the information because there is a lot of misinformation. And that's another key piece about the Lloyd Center. You know, you hear about climate change, you hear about pollution, you hear about ocean acidification. These are all very serious issues that are happening right now. And again, with all that misinformation that's out there, there needs to be a place for the community to turn to uh, to get the facts. And that is another service that the Lloyd Center provides. And and I would add to that, um, if you just want to be simply amazed for, you know, one time this summer, visit the Lloyd Center. Because if you haven't been there ever, or if you haven't been there for a while, uh, it's it's one of the most impressive resources. We've got loads and loads of great organizations in our area that have done so much to protect what we treasure and what we sometimes take for granted. You've got the Buzzes Bay Coalition. You've got the Dartmouth Natural Resources Trust, and I'm sure you could name even others, uh, Rachel. But so many people working together to preserve the quality of what we have here. And I just want to say a big thank you to Rachel Stronach, our executive director for the Lloyd Center. Tell us your website once again. Our website, www.lloydcenter.org, Lloyd with two L's. So take some time to visit the Lloyd Center. Thank you so much, uh, Rachel, for being with us this morning. Thank you for everything that you do at the Lloyd Center and for the board of directors. Ladies and gentlemen, support this fine institution And we'll see you again next week on the radio. At the same time. And thank you very much for making this the number one listened to radio show on the weekends. It is such a pleasure. Ray, every week, USA Wealth Group, all I can say is hip, hip, hooray. And visit us at usawealthgroup.com for more information about how to protect your family 